But amen. Uh, but uh, I do want to thank, uh, just really quick, even before you can turn your Bibles over to Ephesians chapter 1. Um, I do want to thank uh, Casey so much. I, You know, back um, when we were um, back some years ago, you know, one of the things, one of the phrases we will say, either you go and grow, that's what she did, or you stay and pay. But one way the, the gospel must advance throughout the whole world. So Casey decided to go and grow, so we'll stay and pay to help the work over there. You know, I always feel it. Um, I'm not sure how you feel. I always feel a little bit when we have our, um, thanks, our brothers and sisters that come in from India. Or, you know, as our East Coast church, we, we oversee the work in India and our West Coast, they do China. Some of the churches down south, they support our work in Africa. So we try to hit every continent um, throughout the whole church, throughout the United States. So it's so, so important to work together. But it's always humbling when one of our brothers and sisters come here and they're sharing. And they're sharing about all they've given up to go advance the gospel. And uh, you sit here and you're thinking, but, and we're thinking about, you know, it's, Man, life is challenging, but then you hear their lives and so much they've given up. And, um, you know, I, I am so, so grateful. And um, I know that when special con contribution comes around, it's actually a joy for me to give. And it, it's, a, it's a time where I'm like, man, I, I, I want to give. It's not something I feel compelled, uh, but seeing how God is working throughout the world, it is so amazing. So, Casey, thank you so much for going and growing and being on a plane for 38 hours. I don't know where she went. I'm looking she went to sleep amen she was like thank you very much i'm gone i'm done well it is great um but i welcome how many people are here for mta we have a good group um that are from um just throughout that have come to learn i think you guys are doing church history right and your brain's full you want some more y'all just y'all just shouting y'all have no idea what you're saying but amen. Go ahead, Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to start with a word of prayer. And then we're going to look at um, a passage today. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, I do pray, God, that as we look into your word, please open our hearts. Father, as we've been going on this journey to understand who we are in Christ, I pray that we allow the things that we think to be pushed to the side to allow your scriptures and the truth of who we are to be forefront in our hearts and our mind. Father, we thank you so much. Um, I know this study has been just moving my heart in so many ways. I pray, God, that our hearts are moved to know how much you've done so we can have the lives that we have here today. God, thank you so much for your love, your grace, your mercy. Help us to understand it in a richer and deeper way. Father, I do pray, God, that even as we hear, clear our minds. Um, and I pray that even after today, as we walk out of here, we'll be encouraged, but also inspired by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, if you're visiting, we've been going through a series. Last week, we were at a marriage retreat, and I heard the singles had an incredible service here as well. But we've been going through this series talking about who do you think you are, and obviously in our relationship in Christ. I do believe with certainty, the more I study this out for myself, we don't get it. We don't understand really who we are in Christ. I think we understand that our sins have been forgiven, that we've been saved. I think we get the we get it here, but I think sometimes we don't really get it here. 
And part of what I want to do is through the next, even this month, but the next two months, I want to help us to understand more and more. Now, here's the truth. I'm trying to teach things that myself I don't totally get because there's supernatural things that it's, it's beyond me. So it's a hard thing. I'm like, you got to get this, but I got to get this. Does that make sense? Because in all truth, what God has done, it really doesn't make sense. But it only makes sense because we understand it through the truth of the word of God. And, and boy, when we get it, it is so inspiring. In the past few, in the past month and a half, we've been talking about how in Christ we are blessed, how in Christ we are chosen, how in Christ, what is another one? We're what? We're adopted, we are redeemed, we are forgiven, we are made alive. I'm thinking like, man, this is a lot. But it goes on, it's so much more. And you know, when I when we look in Ephesians, a few words that constantly stand out is God's glorious grace, God's grace, God's grace, his love, his mercy. In other words, what he's done, we don't deserve. If you wrap it all up, everything Christ has done, we don't deserve. And we got to find a way just to enjoy that, knowing that it's nothing that you've done in your own to get where you are today. And I'm going to read a few passages here, and I'm going to see if you're going to pick up something else, because I, I was already blown away just by the I'm chosen. I'm like, I'm done. You pick me. I was the kid. People don't know. I was the kid that was always the one that was never chosen. And it was so I hit a growth spurt. And uh, high school, I'm like, now you're going to pick me up. <laughs> but I'm the kid that always, that when people play, I pick up the kid that wasn't chosen because I remember what it felt like. But so I heard, I am chosen. That You thought about me before the creation of the world. I'm like, I am done. But it keeps going on and on. I'm thinking like, man, this is, God, this is just too much for me to handle. But um, in Ephesians 1, I'm going to read, I'm going to read these three passages back to back. And I want to see... I want you to concentrate and see if you can pick up on there's something else here that I believe Jesus wants us to understand. In Ephesians 1, I'm going to start in verse 3. I'm going to skip down to verse 18, and then I'm going to pick up in our text in chapter 2. And then I'm going to try to explain it all in Romans 6 and then bring us back and give us two points. Are you with me? If you're not with me, just go for the ride and write it down. But in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Praise it says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, now let's get this, blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. You can stop right there. I'm done. I'm trying to grasp that. That I'm blessed in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. I'm like, that's a lot right there. And then you go down to Ephesians 1 and verse 18. And Paul's like, I'm telling you all these truths. Now I just got to pray for you because I'm sure you don't get it. In verse 18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, in his incomparably great power for us who believe. Now listen to this part. It says, that power... Is the, is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand, at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in this present age, but also in the one to come. He talks about 
there was a power that was exerted in Christ. That when he was in the grave, there was a power that made him alive, raised him up, seated him, him on, the, in the, on the right hand of God, and above every power, every, every authority, all dominions, every name, that there was a power that brought his dead body back to life. Are you with me now? In the heavenly realms, there's every blessing. And Christ, when he was dead, there was a power, some amazing power that we don't get that brought his dead body back to life, raised it up, Acts chapter 1. He ascended back to the Holy of Holies, and now he sits in the heavenly realm, okay? Now, what does that have to do with me and you? Chapter 2. And verse 1. And I think we're supposed to almost read all these together to understand. It says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. Do you remember that? And what you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the rule of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are what? Disobedient. All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts like the rest. We were by nature deserving of wrath. What do we deserve? But, I love this, but because of his great love for us, not because of what you've done, not because you were so great, but because of his great love for us, God, who was rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Now, look at verse 6. This is our text. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Do you, do you, did you get what just happened there? You don't think so. That's okay. That's why I'm up here to preach. That's okay. So, you got to, the power that raised Christ from the dead and raised him up, that same power raised you up with Christ. So you're raised with Christ and you are seated with Christ in the heavenly realm where you receive your spiritual blessing. You are here, but you're not really here. Does that make sense? You see what I'm saying? When you read these things, it's like, how do I, how do I grasp? But I'm here, but I'm, but I'm also there. I'm in two places at one time. Look at Romans chapter 6. I think it helps us a little bit more. In Romans 6, verses 1, and I have two points today. In verse 1, And I think this helps me understand it a little bit. It's a cheesy picture, but it's the only one I can find. It says, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. Like, you're in Christ. You don't keep on sinning so that grace may increase. That doesn't make sense. Grace should teach us to say no, not to keep sinning. By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death. 
We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in his death like this, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. You know, I, I read this, and, I'm, and this is where, and I'm going to share just two points, but you don't, you were dead. You ever been to a funeral? If you ever, I've gone to a funeral, um, I did someone's brother's funeral, and I got there early. And I got there early, and I sat on the front row, and to see there and see death, there's no life. And even in the past six months, I've gone to a few, few more funerals. But to see death, if you ever take a time to look at death, you realize there is nothing that they can do to become alive. And when you understand that what Christ did is he came and he, he brought you back to life. You were dead. That's how we are in our sin. We are dead. There's nothing you can do, but only through the power of God, he raised your dead soul back to life. But that's not all. It would be one thing if he raised you to life and you're like Frankenstein or the walking dead, you know? Walking through the world says, no, I'm not just raising you to life. I'm raising you to life, but I'm also lifting you up. So you're part of this world, but yet you're not part of this world. Does that make sense? So you're alive, but you're with Christ in the heavenly realms, though you're here in the physical realm. I wrestle with that, but I think there's just two points that I want to share. And I, that I, as I wrestled through this, it, it made me so grateful. And I say, thank you, Jesus. But it also changes the way that I think about myself and I think about what Christ has done for me. But it also changed the way I think about all of us. When you really get this stuff, you're like, man, not only am I chosen and made alive, and not only am I redeemed, but the way I talk and think about the church is like, man, we are God's chosen, redeemed, adopted, forgiven, included in Christ. The way I view myself and us is completely different. Because we're not of this world, we're all seated in the heavenly realms, though yet at the same time we're sitting here in these seats. You got to wrestle with that. I think that's what God does because he's above us. His thoughts are above our thoughts. He wants us to wrestle with these deep truths, but these deep truths need to change our lives. My first point, and I only have two, my title, if you want a title, I am raised up and seated. All of our, all of our lessons was I am something, but I had two things right here, so I put them in there together. Back to Ephesians chapter 2. All right, Bob, we'll get there. It says in verse 6, this is our, the verse that I'm focused on, it says, and God raised us up with Christ. Some, I read this text that says that we are, that we are co-raised with Christ. We are co-alive with Christ. We are co-seated with him. I thought, man, that's, that, that's just a great way to think about it, that I'm here, but I'm with Christ at the same time. But the first point that I have is we're raised, he has raised us up above the sphere of darkness. We're raised up above the sphere of darkness. You know, in Colossians 1, and if anything today, you can take the notes, sure, but I think it's, it's, it's not just something that you write, it's something that we got to grasp to understand. Are you with me? 
So if you want to take notes, go ahead. But we gotta we gotta get this. It's a, it's a way of, it's a it's a it's a way of a paradigm shift, right? It's a way of thinking. But it says in Colossians in Colossians one, it says, "For he delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son." This word transfer literally means to remove from one place to another. To transfer is causing a change in someone's position. So when you came in Christ, your position was moved. You were in darkness, but you were transferred to God's kingdom. Your position is not here in this dark world anymore, though you live in it. You've been raised up. In Acts chapter 26, it says, we were turned from darkness to light, from the dominion of Satan to God. So when you're made alive, you're raised up from this dark dominion to God's dominion. So you're here, but you're there. If you say that anywhere else, they'll lock you up and put you away. They'll be like, you here and there, you're a loony. But in Christ, it's a biblical truth. In the ancient world, when one empire won victory over another, it was the custom to take the population of defeated country and transfer it to another, to the conquering land. Thus, when you read the Northern Kingdom, they were taken from their land to Assyria. And the Southern Kingdom, when they were defeated, were taken to their land to Babylon. So when there's a defeat and there's victory, you transfer from one place to another place. And in this transference, what Paul is trying to say here in Ephesians is, look, we've been transferred from darkness to light. We've been transferred from slavery to freedom. You've been transferred from condemnation to forgiveness. We've been transferred from the power of Satan to the power of God. Do you know who you are in Christ? You are not of this world anymore. You raised above the world. Does that make sense? We are different people seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. You've been raised up unless you haven't been raised up yet. And I wrestled with this and I thought the dominion of darkness to the kingdom of God, the power, I've been transferred from the power of Satan to God, from the rule of Satan. I used to be ruled by Satan, but now I'm under a different authority. From darkness where I can't see, from now raise up to light where everything makes sense now. From curse to blessing. Slavery, where I was shackled by my sin, but now I'm free. From God's wrath to God's love, we don't, I don't think we get it. From death to life to corruption to holiness. From going to hell to already in heaven. See, you don't even understand that your eternity has already begun. We're waiting for eternity. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. We're waiting. I can't wait. I want to go to eternity. It's already begun. Your body will die, but your spirit will never die because you've been raised up. We're like, I can't wait to eternity. What are you talking about? John 11 says, if you believe, you will never die. Your body will die, but your spirit is already alive. Why? Because it's seated in the heavenly realms with Christ. There is no death because Christ defeated death. Does that make sense? We have been raised above all of this dominion. Now, here's a challenge that so many people like many of us were before we were made alive. We live 
people live by the lies of this world. You know, in Ephesians 2, it talks about how they were dead in their sins and how they used to follow the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of God. And Satan is lying in this dominion here. We're above this, but in this dominion, there are lies. Satan is like, look, I've taught you how to think. You and I think we're individual. We think we make our own decisions. That's not true. You bought into a system. You're not your own person like, I figured this out. No, you've been taught by Satan how to think, how to live, how to behave. And it's not until you're raised up from it can you see it clearly. In this world, you're stuck in a system that Satan has trapped you in. But when Christ makes you alive, he raises you above it. So from a different vantage point, you can see, I see all the traps. So being raised in Christ is no small thing. We're able to see things that we couldn't see before. You know, Peter, when he was preaching, he pleaded, save yourself from this, save yourself from this corrupt generation. He saw it. This whole generation is corrupt. The lies, the deceit. Satan says, look, if you get more pleasure, it'll make you happy. If you get this thing, it'll make you happy. If you buy this, if you live here, if you do this, it'll make you happy. All lies. But when you're raised up in Christ, you understand that this, this, this is all temporary. This is all going to burn. This is, this is not real life. This ain't real love. Real love is up there. Real relationships, it's not real here. It's Real relationship is only in Christ. And we buy into the system of thinking. But Christ says, I want to raise you up above that. And if you're in Christ, the inspiring things that you've been raised up and you've been delivered from this dominion. Colossians chapter 3. In Colossians 3, it says, since then, I'll wait for you to get there. It says, since then you've been raised with Christ. You see it? Set your heart on things where? Opposed to where? You see what I'm saying? So now that you're raised up, set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on, set your, you know, set your heart, but also set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. If you're a Christian, you're no longer earthly, you're spiritual. Because you've been raised up above earthly thinking. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. When Christ is your life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. The world, Christian, the world sees you physically, but your life is hidden in Christ spiritually. You know what I'm talking Does that make sense? That we see each other, but who we really are, it's not who we are here, it's who we are in the heavenly realms. Our affections and our thoughts and our desires are not on things of this world anymore. It's on things of God. Let me help you, let me try to help understand. We, here's the thing. You don't realize how much Christ has changed you. Here's how I know. I can tell in our conversation. If you... Take a step back and realize we've been raised up 
Think about the things you talk about now and how you used to talk. Do you understand what Jesus has done in you? Think about the way, the lies, the deceit, the traps, the way you used to live your life, and look how you live it now. We're so busy trying to struggle to please God, and that we've already been chosen. It's a weird thing. But we're trying, I got to be better and do all these things that you don't realize what Christ has already done. We used to, now we're like, man, I'm struggling with impurity. Well, with thoughts. Think about what you used to do. Well, I've, I've had this thought in my mind, and I cursed the moment. Think about how you used to live. Oh, my goodness, we don't even realize what Christ has done. We've been, we're so different. And we talk, and I, as God's people, I talk now, and I listen. I'm thinking, man, go back two, three, 15, 20 years, think about how you were then and where God's brought you now. It is you have raised up above this world. You know what I'm saying? The way we think about marriage. Think about music. Think about how you used to listen to music and how you listen to music now. Think about how you watch TV then. But now that you've raised up, you think, like, no, I can't watch that no more. You know what I mean? It's like we don't even get it. Think about if you were married, how your marriage was then and now. Back before Christ, you thought about this ain't going to work out. But now then Christ is like, how can we make it work out? It's so different because our perspective, we've been raised up. It is so different now. Think about how we used to have relationships and try to build them with men and women then and how we do it now. It's so different. But it's not because of you. It's because you've been raised up out of this dark world. And I think if we understand we're here, but we're also there, our mind on things above, I think we'd be more gracious and more loving and more, thank you, God. You don't got to tell me to do something. How could I not? I'm inspired to do that because you've done this for me. You know, here's my encouragement. It says right here in Colossians 3, it says, set your, you've been raised up, so set your hearts on things above. The word is translated. What it means, it means it's kind of, this keep, it's, just, it's not like a one-time set. It's this, this sense of you keep, according to a continual lifestyle of thinking, on, thinking of things above. Does that make sense? That we live in such a way where if we've been raised up, we keep trying to think of godly things and not things of this world. How do we do that? I think it involves, we just got to, we got to just keep our attention on Jesus Christ. That's the challenge. I got to keep thinking about Jesus. I got to keep giving him. I got to make sure that he has first place in my heart, that he has my attention, that my focus on, man, Jesus, you've done this for me. Oh, my goodness. I want to live this way. I don't want this junk in this world anymore. While I've been raised up, I got to keep focusing on my priorities and on Jesus Christ. It takes this deliberate focus. It's not reading more. You see what I'm saying? It's not, oh, I got to pray more, and I feel, no, it's a sense of, I just want to become more like you. I want to know you better. I want to study you more. I want to love you more. I want to understand. That's the challenge, this continual heart of I want Jesus. Thinking of things above, it changes everything below. Have I lost you a little bit? You're good. Okay, okay, long as you're good. My eyes, long as you shake, we're good. Okay, you're good? All right, thumbs up. Second point here. Not only we are raised up out of this dark world, but we're also seated, us in the, heavenly, in the heavenly spirit. We're raised and we're also seated. Now, do you, like I said, this is, this, I don't, can you, I'm seated in the heavenly realms. How many of you guys got that? 
Because if you can, can you please come and show us? Because I, I need help. You got it? Put your hand back now. You, you went from here to, I don't know. <laughs> but it says we're seated in the supernatural realm of God. In some mysterious way, Christ has lifted us out of this present mundane existence into a realm of unspeakable beauty, splendor, and power. And what does that mean? You guys know who Tony Bennett is? That's like, if you're like, <laughs> raise your hand if you know who Tony Bennett. It's like this side, mostly. Oh, this side in the back. People are like, was he a football player? <laughs> but he sung this song years ago. It's called, he sung this song, and he says, I left my heart in San Francisco. You guys know that? And what he meant, that could mean a lot of things today, but what he meant is that San Francisco still holds his affections. That no matter where he goes, San Francisco is still pulling back at him. That San Francisco governs his taste. He may live in one place, but that place will never claim his affections. And because like, hey, my heart is, is in San Francisco that I may be here, but this place is a foreign land because my heart is always there. And I think that's what it's like being seen in Christ, that we're here, but this place is always foreign to us because our affections and our hearts are seated in the heavenly realms. And I just want to go home. But while I'm here, I got to live here as an alien. I got to live here as a foreigner, but this place will never get my heart or my affections. My treasures will never be here. My treasures are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. No power, no money, no thing, no person will take my affections and my desires more than Christ. I am here, but you can't have me. My heart is somewhere else. That's the thing, that's what I think, I think seated in the heavenly realms. If this world has your desires, if Satan's got you chasing money, chasing power, chasing relationships, chasing sexual immoral relationships, if you're living for sin, it's because this world has your heart and your affections. And if you think, well, I'm a Christian, oh, I love Jesus, but this world has your affections, you're misled. Because when you're seated in the heavenly realms, your thoughts are heavenly thoughts. You're thinking. It's fighting. I want to have heavenly thinking. But I think there's something else. Oh, good. I've got, got about a few more minutes here. But there's something else that I think that is so inspiring about being seated in the heavenly realms. Number one, go to Romans chapter 6, is that we have power. You know, my goal today is to get you to think differently, okay? It's not so much you think, yeah, I'm going to go do this, but it's, it, I want to help to change the way we think more so than things change what we do. It's easy to tell you what to do. You're like, I got it. But if you, get, if you could change your thinking about who you are, all the other things, of course, you'll do because you understand who you are. 
in Romans chapter 6, in verse 14, I'm not going to read the whole thing. Listen to this. For sin shall no, shall no longer be your master because you're not under law, but under grace. Okay. You're talking about the same power that rose Christ from the dead, rose you from the dead. Do you realize, Christian, and I'm speaking to Christians, because if you're not a Christian, you don't have this power within you. But I'm speaking to Christian. There's a you have a power in you that comes from Christ that helps us and enables to break any sin that comes in our life. You gotta, there is sin will never have mastery over you again. When Christ walked the earth, when he died on the cross, he defeated all of that. And you're seated with him, therefore you have the power. Any sin in your life, Christ can break that hole. But it's been going for so long, it's an addiction, it's been challenging. Christ can break that hole. But you don't understand my upbringing. You don't understand all these, it's hard to forgive, it's hard to live, but Christ can break that hole. How do I know? Because he did it. And and we have that power now that we're in Christ. But you don't understand. No, I don't understand. But the Bible says very clearly that for sin shall no longer be your master. I know it's hard. I know it's challenging. But sin, you have the power through Christ that no matter what comes your way, you can defeat it because of Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, it's already defeated. We just got to remember where we are. I'm like, man, I already have, what am I talking about? The power's already there. If we could just think this way, it's like, what? But it's so challenging, but I can't. You can't, but Christ can. I could do all things right. So you know the passage, but do we believe it? You know how it is, you, you go and let me talk, hey Matt, I gotta share this sin again, I gotta share this sin again, I gotta share this, and I keep trying, and I can't, and the problem is you keep trying. And you don't trust that the power is already there. But if we understand it, it changes. Bring something else to the table. Let's not bring the same sin over and over because it has no mastery over you. And if it starts having mastery, you gotta ask yourself, wait a minute, what's going on? Something's wrong here. You know, the Holy Spirit is working through our lives. How big is, I find, and this, is, this has been a hard part about reading Ephesians. And I have one more thing, I'm, I'll be done. The hardest thing, the hardest thing about reading all of this is I got to take a step to trust God. That's the hardest, because my nature, my nature is like, if I do this more, if I read enough, if I can, but I'm like, I didn't do anything to get me in Christ. What makes me think I can do it afterwards? And that's what we do, right? But I can, Christ, I need you. Thank you. Now I'm going to do it. Really? Right? He who started a good work in us will carry it on to completion. But just, just last thought, not only do we have the power, but we have victory. When Christ sat down, the reason why he sat down, because he's like, it is finished. Here, here's, some, here's some things I want you to think about. Again, not to do, I want you to consider this. Instead of trying to win any victory, we need to operate as if the victory is already won. 
you know, I, I hear preachers say that. I'm like, man, that's garbage. You know, I got to work on. Oh, I'm like, oh, but I'm like, what if you think, man, it's already won. Christ has already done the work. So I don't have to. And if I had to, I would fail miserably. But what we thought, I'm already victorious. You know, it's like when I walked into Potomac Valley and we preached, and we have the football championship here in the Tidewater region. You know, when I walk into a place, we had it for two years, just as y'all don't know. We had the flag football champions for two years. And just let you know, church, and I talk trash wherever I go, so people are mad at you because of me, but it's all good. People have put, put together whole different schemes just for us. So if I shut up, it would be better. But I'm not. But it's something where you're like, I've already won. You walk in with the confidence, right? You walk in like, hey, hey, I'm the champion. You know, I called Phil Twine last week. I said, Phil, he said, what's going on? I said, my table broke. He said, what happened to your table? I said, the leg, it just broke off. He said, what happened? I said, the trophy was so heavy on the table, you broke the leg. <laughs> he was like, oh, oh. And I just, because there's a sense of like, we're victorious. You know, I called him, I called him the same week. I like, I love Phil. Like, I can get him, right? I'm like, Phil, man, did you, you have that polish. Why? Because my trophy's getting dark. I got to polish the trophy. He was like, oh, we're going to get you guys. I said, bring it on. But what if we had this sense of, I'm already victory, victorious in Christ. I'm not saying being arrogant. I'm not saying Satan. Is that all you got? Don't do that. Oh, I'll show you. Read the book of Job. I got something for you. But, but, it's, but he could do nothing outside the power of God. Reading content. But it's just this, 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 it's just this sense of like, man, oh, death, what do you, you know, even if we die, so what? We don't even got to fear death. There's victory over death. You die, I'm sick. Okay. I'm going to die. Who's not? You're all going to die, but for the Christian, you never die. You're all going to die. Only my body. Why? Because my spirit is seated in heaven. It's a mindset. It brings us this sense of joy and walk around and victory like, yes, we've won. What have you won? In Christ, we've defeated death. We've defeated sin because of what Christ has done. I'm going to stop because Jeremiah is sitting on the step. <laughs> But here's the challenge. The challenge for us is this, is you got to know, we got we to gotta embrace who we are in Christ. You got to understand your position. You are here, but, you're, but your spirit is not here. We got to live in a spiritual realm and not this fleshy realm. What do you do with that? You become grateful to Jesus Christ. What do you do with that? You want to get to know Jesus better. What do you do with that? You say, thank you, because I couldn't do it myself. And if you're not a Christian, and if you're, you're like, I want to become a Christian, it's not you coming here thinking, well, if I do more. No, you got to believe the word of God. You got to believe that you can't change you, but Jesus can do what you've been trying to do for years and have failed. You got to believe that if you turn to Jesus and repent, that true refreshment will come. You got to trust in his word. You got to trust that he can take your dead body the waters of baptistry and bring you to life where it's a new person but even then he says i have so much more to do with your life but prayerfully some of these things have helped out help us in a way we think and if anything that we leave here in the sense of like thank you jesus for raising me up in christ thank you for seating me in christ but also i look forward to a greater glory 
one day where I'll see everything and I'll be with you forever. Amen? Amen.